hear more about what's going on in some of the Welsh regions and top internationals in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Yes, a chance to hear from a key coach and Wales international players this week. Scarlet's coach Glenn Delaney in Blues and Wales back rower Josh Navidi coming up. But we'll start with Wales and Scarlet's hooker Ken Owens after he played his 250th game for the region at the weekend. So what was the return to rugby like for him? New conditions first, no supporters, nothing like that, and uh, sort of the new normal. I thought the boys dealt with it pretty well and, you know, still some stuff to work on, which is which is always good as well. What was the uh, overriding emotion? Was, was it a, a bit of relief, a release? Because I'm sure there's been some pent-up anxiety amongst a lot of players during such uncertain times with what has gone on off the field. Yeah, a bit of relief. There's obviously been uncertainty with, uh, especially early on, how long this would last. Probably the longest pre-season I've ever had in eight weeks, which um, coming in and plus about three before that. So that's not always ideal. The more fitness you've got to do isn't great. No, I was just good to get back out onto the field and, um, you know, a little bit of relief, like I said. Um, you know, experience in the new normal, but no, I was just happy to be out there and, and throwing the ball around. I think everybody, not just in rugby and society, has been hit by it from sponsors and sort of tough times they're going through. So I think we're pretty lucky in Wales at the moment, but, you know, it is going to have an effect, you know, on teams, sponsors and all the rest of it. So it's... Um, yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how teams pull through. But I think I can only comment on Wales and we're in reasonable shape considering um, you know the difficulties. Do you feel refreshed now after that enforced break and raring to go once again? Yeah, I did. I think my body wasn't too bad. I was a little bit physically tired, uh, especially towards the end of that Six Nations. But mentally, really drained. It'd been um, pretty intense four or five years post the 2015 World Cup. We've been pretty much non-stop so it was it was nice to have time away from the game just to refresh really and you know the World Cup was really long you know with the, the World Cup training camps and and all the rest of it and obviously um, the intensity of, of a World Cup brings I and mean, you know we were fortunate we got to the semi-final and the pressures that that brings on on you mentally as well and I think it was just nice to get completely away from the game just spend some time at home uh, I think it's the longest I've spent at home in one period uh, since I've moved there. So it was, it was just nice. And uh, I have an opportunity to to reflect and set some new goals and targets and yeah, just ready to go. And one of those goals is 250 not out in Scarlet's colours. Uh, Ken, did you ever think as a young whippersnapper back in 2006 that you'd still be here 14 seasons after? No, I probably didn't. Seems quite a long time ago, but I remember it as if it was yesterday as well. So probably the longest part of it has been the last three or four months, knowing mm. that um, I'm not that far away and wondering whether it would actually happen. But huge honour for me to play 250 games for my region, my home region. And you know, I think from a, a regional point of view, it was only Phil John who's done it previously as well. So it, you know, it means a lot for me to play your pack Scarlet to represent 250 times. You know, it does mean a lot and it is a long time ago since my first appearance up in Northampton and being put through the boards by Carlos Spencer and getting a bit of an education up there to uh, make my 250th appearance. It'll, um, it has uh, gone pretty quickly as well. Ken, 250 is some landmark. I think the only person outside the Scarlet I can think of doing that is Philly, say, at the Blues. What do you put your own longevity down to? Because... That's a long career still going strong. Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest with <laughs> you. 
it's probably just trying to enjoy the game as much as I can. And as sadistic as it sounds, I'm quite a grumpy person as well. But <laughs> that sort of gets me through and lets me enjoy. I, th- I think it's just having a good bunch of boys to come into work every day to make you enjoy it. And I think that's the main thing. We've always had a good bunch of boys here at the Scarlets. Probably one of the big reasons why I haven't, I haven't left the region. And I think it's just enjoying coming into work day in, day out with a good bunch of boys. You know, where the majority of us are from West Wales. We've grown up together. or In my case, I've grown up with their parents, not generally. Um, <laughs> with some of the young boys that are here now. And I think, I think that's what it comes down to, the people you've got around you. The coaches giving you opportunities, keep inspiring you and, and the players you're working with day in, day out, that um, keep you enjoying the game. You said you were a little bit mentally drained after the Six Nations. Had the enjoyment waned a little bit at that point? Probably the day in, day out uh, monotony of training and became very difficult uh, more than anything. I was still enjoying the Saturdays, but to, to be honest, to enjoy the Saturdays and the occasion of playing, especially international level, you've got to be enjoying the day in, day out training. I That was probably... Especially well, I enjoying the environment, you know, learning off Jonathan Humphreys day in, day out, uh, you know, a new coach, new voice there. It was great. Probably not relishing the thought of getting into training. And that's that's more for myself, just just being a little bit tired, a little bit drained. And like I said, the break came at the right time. And, you know, I'm back now just enjoying waking up in the morning, coming down to training, having a laugh with the boys and keep wanting to get better. And I know just keep playing as long as I can. Did you have any qualms about carrying on as the captaincy because that's kind of another responsibility isn't it I had a, a conversation with Glenn back in January after the World Cup and before he was you know even in the frame as head coach obviously I got on with him really well and sometimes it's easy to have conversations with other coaches and the head coach early on and so I said there was quite a lot I'd done it for six seasons and you know it was perhaps coming a bit of a drain as well and so I obviously spoke then about standing down and giving it to somebody else and then Obviously, COVID happened, got an opportunity to, like I said, refresh. Which a, lot, a lot happened off the field as well, you know, with return to play and, and everything like that. And obviously, he's announced his head coach and I had a, a really honest conversation with him. And I was I was keen, if he wanted me to stay on, then I was I was more than happy to do that and, and sort of put the ball in his court. And I think as soon as we'd had a really honest conversation, he um, wanted me to see how I was in training, coming back in to see if my words rung true. And, um, you know, I've, I've enjoyed every minute being back in and he's given me the opportunity to be captain, you know, but luckily enough, they, we got a really good leadership group here and senior player group, which, uh, you know, the responsibility is, is spread across a number of players and it allows me just to be sort of a, a little bit of a figurehead and speak when I need to and because the responsibility is shared amongst the group. Having had that break now and kind of refreshed again, has it changed perhaps your uh, end game and how long you're going to keep playing this sport? Yeah, you know, I've spoken to some people, had a bit of a conversation on WhatsApp with John Barkley the other week. And I think when it's taken away from you, like it was with during lockdown, you are COVID and you're not sure when it's going to come back, you perhaps appreciate what you've got a little bit more. And, and for me now, I love to play at the top end of the game as long as I can. But I've just sort of decided I want to play as long as I can whatever level that is, as long as I'm I'm still enjoying the game. And I think that's where my mindset is now, not uh, when am I going to finish? It's just about enjoying the years I've got left. And hopefully I can still be playing well and, and keep continuing at the top level. If that's not the case and opportunities come for other players, then that's great. I'll continue to, to keep enjoying it 
at whatever level I'm playing at and, and supporting the boys around me as much as I can. You talked about being refreshed there. Is there anything else that you take from the last few months? I think for everybody in most walks of life now, we just got to take everything as it comes and that's all you can do now. I think there's so many uncertainties in the world and I just think you just got to enjoy every moment as, as much as you can and perhaps being a little bit philosophical in my old age, but that's where I'm at at the moment. It's take it day by day, keep enjoying it and next thing you know, I'm still playing a 50 or something ridiculous like that, but be dragging me off we have like john davis still playing a 51 <laughs> new scholars coach glenn delaney admits he's glad to be back in action i think everyone who works in our industry and you know we're all stakeholders and, and i'm sure there was anxiety in the media as well around something you guys love to report on and uh, were you going to get the opportunity again and we're in the same boat were we going to get the opportunity again and, and you start looking at the whole broader rugby landscape and as an industry there are so many connected parts so there was a huge amount of anxiety, I think, across the board and um, probably a, a huge amount of relief that we were actually back on the field and then we could just play and then you know, all of a sudden the story starts to drive itself. So, you know, I think the most important step was we got everyone out in the field and everyone doing our jobs around it as well, that we all came out of it healthy at the end of it. And, uh, and that was pretty good to see that we got a pretty full deck of health coming out of the back of the game too. The thing is, there's been a lot of pain gone through in the last six to seven months and, um, you know, everyone's sharing the burden. The adversity that we've faced in Wales, I think the Scarlets as a region and a club, you know, we dealt with it very well, very straight, and um, it was sort of dealt with over a month ago, which was fabulous for us, meaning we could just concentrate on the footy. And I think our performance team uh, have done a great job for us through the whole COVID restrictions, and there's been so many restrictions on how we could train, it just wasn't normal. So we just had to find a, a way of using that to our advantage. So, you know, if you look at the first three weeks that we did in pre-season, we're only allowed, allowed groups of 10. So... The opportunity for us there was, um, as a coaching group, we coached six groups of 10 in one day. It was brilliant for now. It was long days, but it was some of the most rewarding coaching that, that I've done, and I know the other guys felt the same. So we had a real opportunity to, to be really individualised with every player and give them the best chance to be the best version of themselves. And You've announced uh, that Will Holmer will be joining from Bath. What, what can you tell us about him? He played a bit at Bath, he's been at Jersey, so he's, he's done that hard route of the championship in England is, is something that does bear a lot of fruit, particularly for tight forwards and, and halfbacks. You know, the one thing Will brings is really diligent kicking game, his passing game, that's all, all expected, but his, his kicking is, is excellent. He's physical, which we need, our nines are all very physical. You know, We needed a, a fourth halfback and he fits our group really well and uh, complements the um, the other three that we've got here. So, um, Does that mean though that a young Biddingstrom half in this region should feel a tad frustrated that, that you've gone sort of outside the boundary, so to speak? No, because the young ones we've got are quite young. They need time to grow. So an 18-year-old is a, and a 17-year-old is, is young. Look, our profile's pretty nicely set. If you look at it, Gareth Davis, Kieran Hardy, Dane Blacker and Will Homer, then we've got our, our academy boys coming through. It's a wonderful profile to have and is absolutely spot on. There's competition across the board we expect that we might lose one, maybe two to international rugby and that'll create opportunity itself. And, you know, that'll be down to Wayne to, to decide what he wants to go with. But we just want to keep guys putting their hand up and providing options for him, but more importantly for us at the moment. So really happy with the profile we've got of those four guys and they've all got different attributes and we can play fast, we can play physical, we can play wet. That's what you need with your nines and your game controls. Glenn, you talked about training in small groups. How much do you gain from that and how much do you learn from other sports? Well, they're massive because if, if you think about the spatial awareness of a basketball, um, and I, I played a lot of basketball, so I love it. And zone, you know, look at zone defence and man on defence and man on attack versus zone attack. You know, you can apply a lot of those principles to rugby. Netball is another, another great game. I'm really fortunate. My sister's a, 
a netball coach. And um, I learned a lot from those other things that when you're dropping the games down, the context has still got to be relevant to what we're trying to do, which is play rugby. But absolutely, we learn stuff from a lot of other sports around skill sets. You've got contact techniques from judo. You know, Ben Franks has got a huge amount of knowledge in that area on grappling on the floor stuff and where do you put your hands and your feet and how do you use your body weight. So we had to be really inventive and the coaches were outstanding and we were making things up as best we possibly could to get the best effects. So trying to use heavy 50 kg bags in all sorts of situations to replicate a body that might need to be moved, avoided or skill played around in between times, cleaning everything down, which um, there was a lot of admin going on. It was freakish admin but being innovative as part of the coaching challenge that's where we want to be that's the sort of environment that we want to want to work in is one that's challenging but also really enjoyable because if you do something innovative there tends to be a bit of fun attached you know the only rule that we want to have around here if you can have a rule is that you come in with a smile on your face and you enjoy your day at work and that's the responsibility that we take on board you know our responsibility is to create an environment that's enjoyable accountable hard working and getting people better but it starts with enjoyment want people coming in here loving coming to work. That's what it's about. Of course, COVID wasn't something anyone wanted, but will there be long-term benefits from having to try new approaches? Oh, hugely. Look, we've already had a conversation around pre-season next year that the groups of 10, that might be the first two weeks because we had so much contact time with the players. So we had five coaches working 10 players, and that's brilliant. That's, that's a really good ratio, which means that their skills are getting constantly tested, pressured, fed back, and they're able to keep improving. If, if you put 60 players into that same scenario, the ball touches is going to be through the floor. They really will. But the amount of time that we got hands on ball and we're able to work in that way, it was, it was really valuable. So I think we have learned something. I really do. I think that first three weeks you know, might have been a bit of a gift as well and that, hey, we can look at doing it this way. It's a long down the training field for the coaches, but that's what we love doing. You know, we don't really want to be sitting in an office behind a laptop. We'd rather be out in the field with the boys and, throwing a ball here and being creative and learning because um, it's a wonderful place to be when you're out in, the, out in the field with the boys. It's a real joy to have all the um, the Welsh internationals with us. That's really not normal for a pre-season period. No. We don't normally get that. They're either coming off the back of a, a summer tour or a Lions tour or, and we get them really late. So their impact has been phenomenal. We're just really enjoying having them around because it means that we all start off the journey together and you know they're going to be with us until the international window starts to open up. So, But it's just a great opportunity for our younger players to get alongside those guys and learn from them. That's what we want. You know, we want Joe Roberts learning off John Fox. That's the sort of environment we want these young guys to experience. So, you know, Jack Price and Jake Ball, they, they, you know, we've got those combinations growing and we're blessed at the moment that those senior test players are, are here. So you're right, it's a wonderful coaching uh, selection conversation that we're going through at the moment. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Wales and Blues back rower Josh Navidi had just returned from injury when the lockdown started, but now he's also delighted to be back. Obviously I came back from my hamstring for England and then we meant to play Scotland and then we went into lockdown. For players like you it was a, a blessing really in disguise of having that little bit of extra time to fully recover. Yeah, obviously again the body right was the main thing. I'd lost stuff around the house, so it kept me busy during lockdown and training. So I was lucky enough that gym facilities in my um, well, a family gym in Bajen, so I could use that. It's not too far away from me, but I bought a lot of stuff home while we were in lockdown when I couldn't travel. So I, I was lucky enough to have dumbbells and squat and rack and a barbell to 
the gas and uh, weights to me and then a rowing machine and a salt bike to keep my fitness up. So I was, I was fortunate, really. Just uh, was your last game at Twickenham on last percent? Yeah, so I was the last game I played. How yeah. bad was the hamstring strain? It wasn't too bad. Obviously, it happened before the, the hamstring strain, so I came back for the, the English game and then I was ready to go, really, uh, against Scotland. And then, um, obviously, the game got cancelled then. Obviously, coming back from the hamstring injury, it was only a small tear, so I came back within four weeks, I think it was. Because in your position, if, if you're playing open side, it, it's a pretty precise thing. You have to get your timing right, don't you? Yeah, that's about making sure your your body's right and getting into that position. So, ideally, obviously, you're in an awkward position a lot of the time. So, it's something that it doesn't go all the time, but it has a big effect. At the end of the day, contact area is more mentality, I, I find. You can train as much as you want, but unless you flick the switch, it's something that you have to be ready for mentally more than anything, I find. You can do as much contact as you want, or you can do as little contact as you want. If you know mentally you're fine going in and you know you're going to have those bumps and, and bruises, I think that's half the battle. And what have you seen watching oh, the Super Rugby rather in the English Premiership and last weekend in the, the slight difference at the breakdown, or have you not seen anything? Obviously, everyone knows at the minute um, the defending team again awarded a lot of penalties and with jackal attempts, and then obviously the refs are refing it probably by the book and real stringent at times. Obviously, if you're coming in an attacking team, you just need to make sure you're, you're over the ball and not coming in from the side, and vice versa. If you're defending, if you're looking to get that ball, I think, they're looking for a, a clear lift of the ball now. So obviously the, the jackler will get rewards and I think it's gone more towards the defending team, the laws now. But I think it's the, the referees have obviously been told and that's the area comes to every year and then I need to keep an eye on it, which is a big focus point for them at the minute. Being whiter than white doesn't really go hand in hand with the number seven, does it? <laughs> if you don't get caught, it's all right, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. It's marginal gains, isn't it? You, you have to be in it to win it. You've got to be on the fine line margin in there, so you need to make sure you're on the edge, but not too far over the edge. I just wondered how it's been in the Welsh camp, having Sam involved specifically to look after the breakdown. Is that something that you welcomed? Is it something that's going to pay dividends moving forward? It's been a bit strange, because obviously I played with him and I've known Sam for years. But yeah, seeing him a, as a coach is a bit different, but you can still talk to him as a mate, and, which is a good thing. I think it's positive for Wales and obviously the younger boys coming through, just the knowledge that he has around that contact area, it is good for them and to learn off. So it's good to have someone there specific for the breakdown and contact area. He seems a pretty quiet and meek and mild sort of bloke, but does he get his point across? Yeah, well, <laughs> everyone knows what he's like as a captain and he's not one to shout and, and rah, but when it comes to a, if he has to, he will get his point across in a different manner. How are you thinking about all these internationals that we might have in the build-up to potentially a Six Nations? There's a lot of games and I think they're picking, picking a bigger squad, which is going to be used. It's a total of eight games, so there's a lot of rugby and that's obviously everything's taken a hit, so that's what needs to happen really and to get revenue back, etc. And good, it's, it's a lot of games and obviously it's a lot of rugby, so which we've missed the last six months. So I think uh, spectators would rather <laughs> rather see more games than less games. So it's, it's, it's nice for everyone, really. Yeah. Maybe the players have got to give something back 
to try to get the game going again through the coffers. I mean, do you feel a sense of responsibility to the game? Well, it's all about the future generation, do you know what I mean? If it goes again, we, we don't know where we stand, but at the end of yeah. the day, we've got the week by week, and it's a blessing that we are allowed to train. Obviously, a lot of people are still on furlough, etc. but um, it's nice that we're, we're back in training and back to normality, kind of, the new normality. It's just what we can do at the end of the day. People like watching sports on the weekend and as often as they can, so if it's something that we can contribute to that, it's, it's great. You've had a few injuries in recent times as an occupational hazard, I suppose. But in one way, was this period actually quite good for you physically, just to concentrate on other stuff, get back, not having to worry about playing? A little bit. I, I did enjoy myself over lockdown. Um, my brother lives next door. My parents are here as well. So it's been nice. One big family, really. And um, I've got a side venture um, sourcing cars as well. So I, I've been doing that as well on the side. So when I've been able to do it with obviously guidelines, etc. A lot of boys have come back in ready, fit and uh, ready for the season. And the boys who have had long-term injuries, they're back in the mixture. So probably for them, they've only missed a handful of games compared to when they could miss half, like half a season. Because after the next year, they want in the career. So plenty more in next week's Washington Union podcast. But until then, goodbye and stay safe.